You're listening to Venture in the South, a podcast focused on innovation and remarkable startups across the Southern United States. Join us to explore this Southern innovation ecosystem and to make money, have fun, and do good. Welcome to the 100th anniversary show for Venture in the South. I'm David, and I'm here today with Paul. And we're going to be talking about things that happened over the last couple of years that we've been recording this show that we've learned from and that are interesting and some of the recent stats. But before we launch into that, I want to remind listeners that we're going to have a special show coming up on results. This will be our annual results for my fund, Rolling South, and also for the Venture South funds. So we're going to spend some time talking about those results and what they mean in the current era and try to have some discussion about that. So let's go into the anniversary show. So welcome, Paul. Hi, David. It's great to be here for our 101st show. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's been a lot. I think you forget all the work you put into it, but it's been a lot of work. And But I feel like we've accomplished something because we have people that listen to it. So in that vein, let's review the stats that we have for 2023. They're a little bit interesting. So of note, our podcast was in the top 50% of all podcasts in the Buzzsprout production platform. So you can't get stats like that from Apple and Spotify. So that's the only thing we have available. So, But we feel pretty good about that. We're in the median. That's always good to be average or above. So that's good. Yeah, good start. Yeah, exactly. We, we would like to have more listeners or downloads, but uh, you know, we have to attract those, I suppose. So we had 54 episodes in 2022. The reason it wasn't 52 is we had two that were just short add-ons. And then in terms of listeners, we had listeners from 34 different countries. Now, most wow. of them were just a handful of listeners from a particular country. Yeah, 73% were in the US, 1% were in the UK, and half a percent in Canada. And the rest were all. Well, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll take credit for the 1% in the UK. Absolutely. So that's my contribution to the audience. That's my probably my immediate family, so that's good. <laughs> Um, that's pretty interesting that uh, such a widely dispersed geographical audience, that's pretty cool. It is. It is kind of cool. Of course, you know, when you look at the map, they provide a heat map that we can look at in terms of where listeners log in geographically, and it's pretty strongly localized in the South. I mean, we have some listeners in Texas and Louisiana also in Florida. Mm-hmm. And we have some listeners on the West Coast, the Midwest, and Northeast, but they're much smaller numbers. And then we have stats on cities. So the cities where listeners are logged in when they listen, and 12% of our listeners log in from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm surprised it's not more because that's where we're located physically. 7% are in Charlotte, 4% are in Atlanta, and 4% are in Charleston. So pretty well localized in the traditional South. We would like to have more listeners distributed over the South, and I'm working on that, trying to get more people in Florida, more people in Tennessee and uh, Virginia and this sort of thing. So that's on our list of things to accomplish. And then in terms of shows, our most popular show was episode 60, which is Why Startups Fail. That was with the author of a book of the same name, which was a great show and very good insight. The book is really pretty good about what leads to startup failure. So I'm not surprised by that. Uh, I was surprised by the second place show, which is Atlanta Tech Angels, because we've done a lot of uh, shows with angel groups. 
and they were one of them, but they were the most popular. So hats off to them. And and we do work with them a fair amount. We syndicate deals with them and they're, they're a source of deal flow for us. They refer deals to us. So we work with them a lot. Third place was Punchlist, which does not surprise me. Punchlist was a very hot round of investment when they first came out and they were very successful. They've had a couple of successful rounds. Their last round was pretty big. So we've had two shows about them, the original show and then an update show earlier this year. And so I'm not surprised that was very popular. And then fourth was Voxel Innovations. That was episode 71. I was a little bit surprised for that because that's a manufacturing tech company. And typically, hmm. you know, we focus on tech companies that are software and and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so this is this was outside of that normal vein of of company that we invest in and also cover. But they are very definitely a tech company. And so I, I found it very interesting that there was listener interest on that. And it kind of reorients me a little bit about, you know, maybe we're not going outside of our our home base when we invest in these tech companies that are outside software. So manufacturing tech and that sort of stuff. Do you have any thoughts on that? Voxel Innovations position in fourth place? Yeah, actually, let me let me go back and tackle all of those. So I guess why startups fail is, a, is actually a perennially interesting topic. Startups by default fail. So figuring out why that is and what people can do to avoid that is uh, something that I think has been decently well studied and, you know, people want to learn from. So like you, I'm not too surprised that that was a, was a popular subject. I think it's one we, we ought to come back to again in a couple of different ways on the show. The ATA, Atlanta Tech Angels, you know, they're a pretty successful angel group. They have a big audience in Atlanta. So I'm also not surprised that they are a popular one and same for Punchlist. Voxel is interesting. Yeah. I think probably the heat map showing that we have a lot of Southeastern listeners maybe explains some of that. You know, there's a, a greater receptivity to manufacturing related technologies in the Southeast than perhaps there are in other places because a lot of angels here made their money or have worked in the industries in that field. So perhaps a little more manufacturing tolerance than, you know, a West Coast VC might be. So I'm also pleased to see that. I'm interested in that. I think that that is one area where we have a comparative advantage in the Southeast. And so I'm glad to see there's interest in it and that investments are being made in that space. Yeah, that's a great contrast, the West Coast versus the South in terms of manufacturing tech, because, you know, California certainly has their manufacturing. They have Tesla and that sort of thing. But traditionally, Silicon Valley has not been particularly interested in manufacturing tech. And we have done some of it. And so I wonder if maybe we're onto something. It, It could be related to our constituency, since a lot of our members are employed, mid-career or older types that a lot of them are engineers and they have experience in manufacturing. And so they're maybe more knowledgeable and more accepting of a manufacturing technology innovation company, whereas the typical Silicon Valley VC is based in software and that sort of thing. And so what do you think? You think that might be it? I think that definitely contributes to it too, for sure. Yeah. I think we've got some really good engineering schools here in the Southeast, you know, Georgia Tech, Clemson, NC State, those are nationally renowned engineering schools. So the talents there, the experiences there, the industries here, and the angels that are experienced in those spaces are here. So it does, it does work, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Let's get to our favorite, Paul. Wow. Uh, so pick your favorite child. So I think my favorite show for the year was the one you did towards the end of the year on Healthy Cell. 
and not to pick them as my favorite portfolio company, although they are you know, doing very well. I, I really liked that episode because of the way that it was clear how numbers focused and how well informed by data the CEO's decision-making is. And so Doug G and Papa, the CEO, laid out for you, you know, a lot of stats, a lot of, threw a lot of numbers at you. And he has, a, I think, profound understanding of the metrics and the economics of his business. And that really came through in that episode for me. And so I like that. And I think it was a pretty powerful episode to show how well, you know, really good CEOs know their numbers. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That was episode 93. And I have a personal relationship with the CEO. We're kind of worked together on other deals and we've talked about a lot of issues related to those deals. And I think that just to emphasize the thing that I'm most impressed with, with Doug G and Papa is his focus on positioning his company for the optimal exit. So focusing Hmm. his product, his strategy around what is attractive to an acquirer. And so that's very impressive forward thinking in my view, and not just awareness, but actually executing on that. And for example, that's the entire reason that they're moving into retail is it's not particularly what they think is their strongest suit, but it's what is most attractive to an acquirer who wants to expand their retail presence. And so I think that's impressive. Did you have something else? I was just going to agree with you. I'd recommend anybody, any entrepreneur that's thinking about how to impress investors that care about exit. Not all investors do, but we do. Go listen to that and see what kind of the equivalent level could be for your business, because that's, you know, that was a good, compelling presentation from a CEO. Yeah. All right. What have we learned in the last year about podcasting is the primary issue there. And so, Paul, any insights? So about podcasting, I would say it surprised me how hard this is. You know, everybody seems to have a podcast. And so I guess a lot of people are learning this, but it's not very easy. You have to show up. You have to do a lot of work. You have to do research. You have to do a lot of logistics. Um, you have to do a lot of thinking to make the content, you know, accurate and correct and interesting. So it takes a lot of work. And so just as a quick aside, I want to thank you because you shoulder the lion's share of that, particularly everything technological, all the editing and all of that that's on you. So I appreciate the tremendous amount of work that you put into keeping this show on the road, as it were, and keeping the episodes finished timely every week. So thank you for doing that. The other thing I think in terms of content I've noticed is it's it's much harder to get through the narrative and the biography and into the analytic. And I think that's the analysis is the part I'm most interested in. And it's, I think, the thing that adds a bit more value than just a podcast about, you know, here's my background. But getting to that level of analysis is much harder, takes a longer time than I thought. And we need to be more proactive about doing that. Yeah, it takes guidance from the interviewer or the host to keep the guests on track and particularly to get the story straight, because that's, I think, what listeners really want is they want to hear the story of a company and the story needs to be coherent and it needs to have a starting point and go to a culmination that explains what they're all about. But also, of course, we do shows on topics like, you know, startup topics and relevant current things like failures and stuff like that. So those are all things that require, like you say, preparation and coherent leading by the host. It is a a game that you have to learn and practice at. Mm -hmm. And so I like doing the editing and stuff because I'm a technically oriented person. So it's no big deal. Thank you for that recognition. 
Rolling South is a startup fund for founders, operators, and angel investors seeking deal flow, diligence, and community. We offer a solution while making money, having fun, and doing good. Contact us to see how you can join the Rolling South community. One of the things that I've learned is that we really don't get feedback from our listeners. We ask for it all the time, (laughs) but nobody likes to fill out surveys. Nobody likes to comment. No one likes to even rate on a star rating. You know, Apple allows reviews and you could just go down at the bottom of their app and it allows you to put a review and just put two sentences in, but nobody does that. And then Spotify allows you to just do a star rating. They don't allow reviews. They just allow a star rating. And again, very few people actually do that. And it's very helpful for promoting the podcast. But, you know, I understand I, I don't do it either. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's useful to know. We don't, we don't get great data, uh, not a lot of feedback and surveys. What I do get, though, is sort of anecdotal data or comments when people talk to me and say they, you know, they listen to that show. So that's obviously gratifying when they say nice things about it. I particularly appreciate that nobody has a particular subject favorite. They like the diversity of things we try to tackle, the entrepreneurial stories, the angel investment education stuff, you know, some topical things, and interviews with, with actual practitioners, with angel investors too, about their backgrounds and what they think. So I was a little surprised that it was really the variety that people liked, but I'm glad that that helps people tune in you know, week after week. Yeah, that's been my anecdotal experience as well. When I talk to people, I get feedback, and that's pretty much my experience. In terms of going forward, let's talk a little bit about what things we might do differently or what we might do in the coming year. And one of the things I wanted to mention was talking about investors, what investors might be interested in. And, and one of the things I'm interested in is trying to promote a information approach to angel investing that's focused on things like investment terms, updates, financial metrics, and things like that, and exit plan and timetable. So one of the things that angel investors struggle with, I think, is pulling this information together, this key information together, both on prospective investments as well as their active portfolio. And so I would like to work on that in terms of presenting a method for LPs or angel investors to be able to develop a dashboard where they can look at the most important metrics of deals they're considering and deals that they've invested in to stay up to date. Pretty simple things like our investment terms, because I constantly go back and refer to that when I have questions on a follow-up round or things like that. What is the latest update? What's going on with the company? What are the key financial metrics most recently? You know, you can look at the financial statement, but there's really just a couple of metrics you're really interested in, like year-over-year revenue or quarter-over-quarter revenue, cash on hand, the burn rate, the runway, that kind of thing. And then you're always interested in, well, what's the exit horizon look like? And generally, on regular occasions, founders talk about, well, what is their exit plan and what is the timetable? And so that's pretty easy to summarize. And so that'd be a great way to encapsulate information for LPs. And so I don't know, you have any thoughts about that? I I think they do that already at Venture South. We do try to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, generally speaking, though, that it could always be better. So the information flow from entrepreneurs to investors or from investor intermediaries like Venture South, which 
you know, takes that responsibility for its investors back to those investors, that can all continually be improved and, and is a weakness of a lot of mediocre or not very good entrepreneurs and investors that don't do that for their investors or LPs. So I definitely agree with you. We can continue to promote that. We can perhaps suggest some ways that, you know, what the best practices are and what ways things could be improved. Maybe we can have a couple of shows on some of those things to, to help encourage that. And then maybe to systematize that is what I think you're, you're saying, try to find ways to make that happen a bit more. I strongly, strongly encourage that. Yeah. What I'd like to do is actually develop a little plug-in for Google Sheets where somebody could just enter the information and it, it's loaded into the spreadsheet and then you have it if, if you're interested in that. Something like that, that you could just download. Anyway, mm-hmm. so in terms of doing things differently in 2024, let's talk about topics that we think might be important that we haven't addressed well so far. And so what do you think about that, Paul? What are some topics that we should look at? Uh, so there are a couple of things that come immediately to mind for me. Going back to your heat map, or most of our listeners are in the Southeast or the South. I don't know that we've done a great job of articulating how angel investing is different in the South and the Southeast than it might be in the stereotypical regions or in like the tech press or something like that. So just maybe re-emphasizing to people how it's different in the Southeast, how we tailor it to the environment we're in in the Southeast, try to dispel some of the myths of angel investing as applied to, you know, smaller out of the way communities like Greenville, South Carolina, instead of, you know, Palo Alto, California. That is the kind of nuance I think we need to try to to encourage a bit more in, in what we provide. And then in terms of subjects, as we talked about in sort of our year in review just before Christmas, exits have been a bit of a disappointment last year. And so I think some more content around how that might change and how we can proactively encourage that to change talking more about exit strategies and how exits impact ecosystems and things like that is is something on my personal agenda for the next year to try to do more on that side of things. Yeah. One of my priorities, I think, is to try to include more investors and startups from Florida and from Texas, because those are two pretty big markets that we don't cover very well. And I think I want to include them more. I've done a show on Austin Angel Group and a Florida Venture Group that sponsors a big show. I just we just did a show on that the the Florida Venture Forum that sponsors the Florida Venture Capital Conference, which is a pretty big conference. And so I want to be more inclusive of those areas which we kind of like have not included as much as we should. Yeah, I like I like that too. I think angel investing is more local than people think, and it's interesting to compare and contrast what it's like in Miami versus what it's like you know in. Um Orangeburg, South Carolina, just get a bit more of a sense of the differences in location, environment, and, and market, and how that impacts how angel investors operate. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I'm thinking about for 2024, and I'm interested in your feedback on this, Paul, is the format for a newsletter. So we've talked about having a membership group starting with founders and operators in our portfolio. And then if we get some traction with that, expanding that to maybe listeners. And so my thoughts are a monthly newsletter, maybe a quarterly newsletter that would just be a three-minute read. So you could go through it pretty quickly and it would have headlines that are hyperlinked. And so if you're interested in detail, you can click on the link and covering things like portfolio updates, new curated investment opportunities, ecosystem events, portfolio events, and then maybe some occasional 
investor profiles or updates for the the period that we're covering. So what would you think about that, Paul? I like it. I think the only thing harder than consistently producing audio content is consistently producing high quality written content that's engaging. So good luck. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually prefer reading to uh, you know videos and TikTok. So I'm definitely happy to consume some some high quality written material about this stuff too, for sure. Well, I think the key is on both sides of the equation for the reader, it being short and for the producer, not a big burden to produce Mm -hmm. because this information is generally available to us. We just need to collate it. But I do think that, you know, a headline approach where you can just click on it if you're interested is pretty easy for the reader. You can kind of stay up to date on what's going on. Maybe you haven't listened to every podcast, but you can see what's going on. And maybe if you're an investor and you're participating in in one of our investments, you want to see you know what's going on with the particular investment, what's the update. You can just click on it, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of my perspective. I'd love feedback from listeners, what they think about that. And my my thought is it would be a subscription thing, so you just have to sign up for it. You wouldn't get it just because you're a listener. I like it. The other the other thing I would ask if anybody's still listening at this point in the episode and would like to give us some feedback is to give us some feedback. And particularly if you'd like to be on the show and you have an opinion that you think is different than ours, you know, and you want to come and challenge some of the, you know, strategies or received wisdom that you hear from us, uh, we definitely are interested in learning from people that know a lot about this too. So uh, I'd love to have some, some other guests on the show that can tell me I'm wrong and why and help us learn to, together. Yeah, that would be great. I'm, I'm very interested to hear from other investors that are in the battle and they have field experience. And so, yeah, yep. I'm interested in those perspectives. So I would encourage people to contact us. They can reach out to us at david at ventureinthesouth.com or paul at ventureinthesouth.com. We'd love to interact with you. So anything else for 2024 that we want to look forward to, Paul? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the next 50 episodes. So let's crack on and get those recorded. All right. Very good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. Visit us at VentureInTheSouth.com for a complete list of previous and future shows. Contact us if you have any comments or requests.